Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, the Final Four may be here, but a lot of Gopher football fans excited about this football team as they're on their way to their uh, spring debut where the fans get a chance to see them. Standing by to talk to us right now, Gopher football coach P.J. Flex, Sid. Well, you lost a, a lot of defensive players. Are you, uh, what you've seen so far in spring practice, are you going to replace those defensive players? Well, yeah, we're going to have to. You know, uh, guys like Carter Coughlin and Thomas Barber, Kamal Martin, those guys are really going to have to step up this year. Uh, we had some new guys come into the defense. Mike could do Treadway on the defensive line. A guy like Jamal Teague, uh, who played a little bit last year, is going to have to really step in in the role of the defensive line. Uh, Sam Renner, you know, Boye Mafe, guys like that are really going to have to step up. So uh, we're excited about the guys that uh, a lot of the Gopher fans might not uh, know a lot about, but have seen play a little bit, that are really going to be staples on our defense this year. The new players you got, uh, are they uh, impressed you so far? Are some of them going to play a lot? Well, you know, they're going to have to. You know, we still have eight guys that will join us here in June, uh, a few more actually than eight. Uh, but we're excited about that. We're excited about those young guys coming to our football team uh, and the guys that are with us right now. We have 14 players start early, and I think it's really important for them to be able to do that. Um, they've really grown uh, in the classroom, plus also on the football field. So we got a long way to go. We'll end the uh, spring next week with the spring game and uh, kind of let the team have some fun. What about replacing the Huff brothers and Cashman? How tough will that be? Well, you know, I mean, they're they're both really good football players. You know, with Blake Cashman, we've got a great battle going on at linebacker with a lot of guys, whether it's Thomas Rush, Mariano, uh, Sori Marin, um, you know, uh, Braylon Oliver, guys like that. And, um, you know, we know that Thomas Barber's of the world and the Kamal Martins of the world, but those are really going to be the next guys that really help our football team and uh, football team continue to take the next right steps. Uh, and then on the back end, you know, not having Antoine Winfield Jr. back there all, all last year, it'll be good to get him back. Uh, but Jordan Howden's having a really good spring. Benny Sapp's having a really good spring. Um, you know, Kelvin Swenson's having a really good uh, spring as, as well. So, um, you know, we'll add some more as we keep going through um, with, with the additions of guys getting here in June. But, um, you know, we're just taking one day at a time, one step at a time, uh, doing everything we can to get better. P.J. mentioned the spring game. I didn't want that to get away without our listeners knowing. What time is it and what are they going to see? Well, the, the big thing for us is, um, you know, they're going to have a true game. You know, the Maroon versus Gold. If you think the Maroon team's going to win, um, we're Maroon. If the Gold team's going to win, we're Gold. You know, it, it's really fun. We did this last year. And, uh, you know, I think it was really important for our fans to kind of get out and see a true game. Sometimes when you go out and see the spring games, they're, they're modified. A lot of people around the country are actually canceling their spring games. We don't want to be able to do that. You know, 11 o'clock, we want to be able to make sure that, you know, our fans get a chance to see uh, the future of Gopher football. And um, it's done in a very unique way. Uh, coach Rossi's got one team, and he's the head coach of one team. And Coach Rocco's the head coach of the other team. So um, it'll be a lot of fun, and we look forward to uh, showing a little bit of our 2019 football team to our football fans. How about the two new young quarterbacks you have that came in late this spring? Uh, the kid from uh, 
uh, I think from Texas, and then you got the kid from Meaden Prairie. Yeah, Jacob Clark and Cole Kramer. They're both. They both came in January. They're both learning. Both taking incredible strides forward. You know, Kirk Sorokin does a great job of developing our quarterbacks, and I think they're really getting better on a daily basis. It's hard for a young person to get here in January and, and by April be running the whole system, but they are. Uh, we had our scrimmage the other day, on Thursday, which was our first scrimmage of the year, and I thought they held their own. Uh, they really played very well uh, for it being their first scrimmage. They've played a lot during the spring, got a lot of reps, and that's only going to help the depth, depth of our football team as we keep moving into the fall. PJ, what can you tell us about Clark and Kramer, their size, the, what their strengths are? Yeah, you know, Jacob Clark's really tall, really big. Uh, he can move around the pocket. He's got a really good sense of, uh, of a pocket feel. Uh, he's got a really good arm, um, and he's incredibly intelligent. You know, Cole Kramer gives you a little bit more with his feet. Uh, he can get out of trouble. You know, he ran a triple option type offense. So he can really run. And they're both just very intelligent. They can pick up things very quickly. And uh, at the, the offense hasn't been too big for them in terms of the mental game. How about a uh, new offensive lineman? Have you found any that are going to replace the guys who played so well last year? Well, the good thing about our offensive line is, you know, we really only lost, you know, Danelle Green and Jared Weiler. Uh, when you look at the left tackle position, Sam Schluter, who played a lot of football for us, uh, him, Blaze Andrews, you know, the John Michael Schmitz, the Connor Olsons, Curtis Dunlap Jr., Daniel Falele. I mean, that's really the, the top six right there. Um, as of right now, as they're fighting for spots, we have a brand new you know, Jason Dixon, who, was, who had to sit out last year because of the transfer status. And then, you know, J.J. Gaudet, uh, uh right tackle that came in and really has done a, had a really, really great spring for a true freshman at offensive line. And uh, we look forward to seeing what he can do as we keep moving forward. You know, P.J., it's fun to read the magazines, what they have to say about the team. They talk about four running backs. They talk about the two quarterbacks. You know, but you've got a combo player. You've got a quarterback and a running back. He was a wildcat last year. Talk about his role in the upcoming season. Yeah, Seth Green is a guy who is um, is very valuable to this football team. You know, he went from being a being a quarterback to a tight end and now a wide receiver to a wildcat quarterback. You know, I think he's developing. He has developed into a really good receiver as well. Uh, but, um, you know, he won't be in the spring game. He had a, set, a minor injury with a, with his foot, and uh, he won't be in the spring game. But you know, he'll be ready to go by fall uh, easily in a few weeks here. And, you know, we just he just brings a, another dynamic that we can have in the run game. You know, we have really good wide receivers, and uh, our quarterbacks are getting better. Our offensive line's improving. Running backs are very deep. Tight ends are getting better. But this just gives us a different dimension to keep uh, defenses off balance. Are there any red shirts? That really impressed you so far? Well, I think, you know, when you kind of look at where we're, where we're at, you know, Brevin Spann Ford, he's really big, he's really strong. He's gained a, you know, a ton of muscles, 265 pounds at 6'7". Uh, he's a guy that I, I look at and I'm like, wow, this guy's going to be a really, really good player. Um, you know, Boye Mafe, you know, he's a guy that's young, not exactly just a freshman anymore, but he's really young, but he's very, very talented. We'll be able to provide some depth for us. Uh, backing up, you know, Carter, but also getting him and Carter on the field at the same time to be able to to have some some better pass rush than we had last year. But um, you know, there's a lot of guys working really hard uh, at every single position. But um, you know, we just got to continue to create that depth. PJ, briefly, how about the kicking game, kick return game? Yeah, the kick return game, whether it's a punt return, kick returns, you know, the Muhammad Ibrahims of the world. Uh, you know, Shannon did it when he was healthy. Rodney did it as well. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. did it as well. 
So uh, it's kind of by committee. You know, we haven't necessarily labeled anybody as the punt returner or the kick returner, but, you know, Demetrius Douglas had a lot of success as a punt return, returner last year. Antoine Winfield did as well last year. Um, you know, when you kind of look at the whole season, you know, Antoine Winfield Jr. returns one in the opening game, and then the Wisconsin game to finish off the season, Demetrius Douglas took one back too. So I guess that's how you lead the you lead the nation in punt return. Um, you know, that was the first time the Gophers have ever been able to do that. Uh, so we were really proud of that. Rob Winger does a great job with our special team. So we'll find that out as we keep going forward, though. Because you had that practice in during getting ready for the bowl game, is the practice for spring, spring practice a lot different? Are you advanced? Well, I think it's, it's a little bit different because, you know, you get 15 practices to, to be able to. Um, have in the spring and you know you don't have to use all 15 if you don't want to use 15 in terms of just practices you know we used one of the days as strictly almost a 300 play walkthrough uh, where we had so many different plays uh, and we were able to go at really kind of a faster tempo walkthrough but um, having all those practices allow you to be able to to give your team what they truly need and not just do something that everybody else is just doing because you have to do it you can give your team exactly what they need at that particular moment whether it's mentally, physically, or emotionally, uh, based on where they're at in their progression, you can change that because you have had all those bull practices before. So if you do take one of your practice days and it's not a true practice day, it turns into more of an educational classroom day, uh, that's okay. You know, you have those practices uh, in the bank to be able to do that. I thought our coaching staff has taken advantage of that. I think we've been very creative, working smarter, not necessarily just harder because it's the next year. Our team works incredibly hard as it is. And nobody's going to put more pressure on ourselves than us uh, and more expectations on ourselves than us each every single day. But I really like the growth of this football team of where they're taking uh, themselves to where they are today to where they want to be tomorrow. How's Greenfield look? He's getting better. You know, I mean, he's got to play football. You know, I think he's done a great job in the spring. I think Coach Harris Simiak's done a great job with his reps of limiting him, but also getting him the reps he needs. Because, you know, when you, you've only played a few games, you know, uh, throughout the last two years and this is going to be your third year uh, coming up in terms of only having basically four games played in in the last almost two and a half to three years you know you've got to play the game you got to get out there and actually do it and uh he's been he's been having a really good spring hey there's a lot of good tickets deals they're going to have a good team they're going to have a good schedule and you want to go get your tickets because if you don't get the tickets now, they won't be available. And PGA wants you definitely. Tim Murray loves it when you and your lovely bride come to Murray's and we'll get you another Murray. Thank you a lot, PGA. You got to sit. And I'd like to thank everybody who showed up at the Goldies Run this morning. What an event. Over 10,000 people and all for charity in the Masonic Children's Hospital. So really special event. But row the boat, Scotty Mount, go Gophers. We'll see all of our Gopher fans next week uh, at the spring game. Thanks, everybody. 11 o'clock for the spring game on Saturday. Thank you. That's P.J. Fleck. More sports after this. You're listening to the Sports Huddle with Sid, Dave, and Mike. Uh, we are back. We've got a text message, Mike, about something you and I talked about earlier. It said, uh, you guys said that there's a limited number of places that are going to host the Final Four. What do you mean by that? Well, there's only so many dome stadiums. And, and, and you look at the... Uh, the the U.S. Just look at I mean you got Dallas, Atlanta, Tampa. Um, does Seattle can they close the one and play basketball in there? I don't even. know. I don't know if they could or not. It would be pretty odd if they if they did. Uh, does Syracuse qualify? They might no. not be big enough. Syracuse anymore, isn't big enough. No. 
It's like the uh, Alamo San Dome. San Antonio's yeah. in play. Yep, yeah, maybe. Although the, you year. know that's that's a little bit. You know, so so you, you're going to have to have a rotation with these, you know, and they don't play any of the previous rounds anymore in a big stadium. So I think they always want that Final Four to be in a big stadium. Well, right? the announcement of the games that are coming here, they're coming to Target Center. I think a lot of people thought, well, they're yeah. going to be, no, they're not going to be uh, in uh-uh. the big stadium. They're going to be in Target Center. Uh-uh. They that's, want a full house, and that's your studio. That's yep, what that's that absolutely right. Yep. Sid, you had that news in your column today that uh, the uh, the uh, NCAA is going to come back here for some uh, you know, Sweet 16 uh, Elite Eight games in the future. I always thought those were really fun events. Two twenty one. they got some uh, lesser uh, Final Four uh, deals. Qualifying rounds, yeah. But uh, in the in the, in the Indianapolis, uh, uh, Atlanta, and Houston down this thing in the next few years. But I think they're so impressed if they could do something here uh, this has been fantastic. This Ma- building is so good for something like this. And well, hang tight a second, buddy. That's because you got a front row seat, okay? <laughs> <laughs> not, not everybody would concur with that. I think they'll be on a maximum 10-year rotation, though. Uh, yeah, because you can't. You know, I was in Des Moines for uh, the Gophers games yeah. there, and, of course, that was the, the grade eight. Now, one of the great things is, because you realize this, that first round uh, you – you're really putting people on short notice to get there. So you really need to have a couple that can travel by car. Minnesota helped fill that thing up, yep. obviously. But you better not be too, have too many that are eight hours or more driving distance uh, for that first round. No doubt about it. I'm going to take a break here, uh, hoping we might be able to get somebody from the Twins. It looks like that's not going to work. We've got one more segment to go. I just want to be clear if you joined us mid-show. We're off at 11 o'clock today to give uh, room for the Twins. Pre-game material leading up to that first pitch at 12.05 versus Philadelphia. We haven't talked Twins. There's a lot of other things. Wild, we need to talk about Timberwolves. We'll do that all in the segment coming up as you listen to the Sports Huddle with Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we are back. I've got four topics. We may get to actually more here in this final 10 minutes to talk about. Uh, Sid, there's a conference that's been around since the year you were born. Uh, 1920, the MIAC got its start. While I was out of town, I was reading your newspaper online. It sounds like there's something afoot to maybe uh, change the composition of the MIAC regarding St. Thomas. Yeah, it's hard to believe that they would be doing this. It's too bad Mark Deanhart isn't still at St. Thomas. If he was there, he would probably not let this happen. Aren't you talking about that? Yeah, I am, but at the presidents of the other schools, it's really Mark Deanhart or Phil Eston. I, I don't think have much to do with the outcome. Uh, talking about kicking them out. Yeah, but I'm not sure that the AD at St. Thomas has a whole lot to do with that. It's, it's happening in the other schools. Well, they got the big A's. They got the most of Roman. Yep. They, they got a fantastic football program. The only one that... Can work with them is uh, St. John's once in a while, Bethel, yep. and uh, they just dominate that league. Well, the way it looks, they're going to get kicked out. Well, I talked to Phil Mike, yeah. yesterday, I ran into him. He's with Matt Chambers, head coach of Penn State, and stopped in at the Hilton. They were having a cup of coffee. I sat with those guys for a while. And Chambers, of course, uh, had two great games against the Gophers. Yes. And, uh, uh, and this is a real thing. Uh, but uh, it's more complicated, I think, than people realize. As a former MIAC athlete, everybody in the MIAC is a walk-on. So, therefore, the more numbers you have, the better chance you have to win. If everybody was on scholarship, then everybody would have an equal opportunity. So, St. Thomas has more people going out for the team. Uh, in, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, et cetera. But 
that also means that you're going to attract good coaches. So St. Thomas gets good coaches. You know, John Tower and, and Steve Fritz were quite a duel there in basketball. Of course, Glenn Caruso, uh, when he got there in football. Uh, so it's more complicated than just their enrollment, but they do have a decided advantage because they've decided to have this to allow admit this many people, and the other colleges don't do that. So it's always going to be that way as long as that enrollment is in balance. I never thought that the, the presidents would get to this point. And, you know, St. Thomas is, I mean, they're always at the top, but, you know, they were third in football this year. Right. They weren't first. Bethel and St. John's finished in front of them. Uh, Bethel's won uh, the baseball championship, the basketball championship the last couple of years. St. John's is always very competitive, obviously. So, uh I guess it's a way around it. I don't know how you change it, but the big thing is, as long as you don't have scholarships going to that league, the team with the big most people win, but I would think there'd be a way they could work it out because St. Thomas is good for the league. And then when they went on WCCL, that upset a lot of people yeah, in the MIC. No question about it. I've got a question here on a text message. Why can't they move up to D2? Well, I'm sure they'll look at D2. You can't move straight to D1. You, there's, I think, four or five-year period you need to spend in D2. Obviously, this is going to play out over a long period of time. I think they're talking a couple years out, but a fascinating story. Let's move on and talk about the Minnesota Twins. Who would have thought they'd have the kind of start that the Twins are off to, Sid? That are 6-2. and two. Pretty darn good to- uh, I didn't think they'd beat the Phillies because they got a very, very good team, but they split with them. And then Harper, the first time he came out, guys, they struck him out. Then he got a hit. But they played today, and then they go to New York Mets That's for good. two games. Then they come home for for some home games. Yeah, you know, Michael, Michael Pineda, nobody thought much nice. of it. Signing was so far out, it was hard to nice. even think about what a start he's had. Two good starts, and he yep. was upset when he came out yesterday because he wanted to face Bryce Harper. Harper yeah, you was like the next that. guy up, you know, third time up. So, you know, Odorizzi wasn't very good, obviously, the night before. No. He didn't get out of the first inning. But if Panita is what they thought he was, to me, that changes the whole game for them. And then, you know, obviously, I don't like this where they, they lose the DH one week into the season. So, you know, Nelson Cruz right. barely has any best, but he's a difference maker and he's been good for him before. Buxton seems like he's got a little something back. Uh, yeah, they, they, it's fun. They, they, their lineup been too bad. They already sent Tyler Austin, and that's something already. Yeah, they want to find a place for Austin. I, I hope they'll be able to make a, a trade that somebody will, you know, want to do a deal with them before they have to designate outright release him. The uh, thing, I was in Maui for two weeks and getting my news on TV and on the, the, my computer, and the national media are discovering people here. They love Williams Hostadio. <laughs> What's not to love, story. right? He did it again yes. yesterday. They got him the catching play at home plate. everything. Yep. He tried to vault him. Yeah, Sid? Well, they got a deep bench, too. Yeah, very good bench. Very deep bench. They never had a deep bench like this one. Well, you got a manager who dared open with 11 pitchers. I, I thought that was uh, absolutely amazing. I, I like what I see so far, this manager. But I am going to change the topic. We're going to have twins from 11 to noon and then the twins game at uh, 12.05. What's going to happen with our football team? Minnesota Wild, or Minnesota, or, I'm sorry, our hockey team. Minnesota Wild, do you think the coach is safe, Sid? Well, hockey, if you look back, the North Stars were terrible. The Wilds follows them. They're almost as bad. They're not terrible. Huh? They didn't I make the playoffs the one year. In the wild, no. right now. <laughs> the wild are good. Well, they they didn't make the playoffs this year, but uh, you know they're one game over five hundred, and by no measure are they terrible. No. Didn't make the playoff, but I for one year, don't even come close to the Stanley Cup. 
Well, they, that's yeah. the big thing is they're caught in that yeah. quagmire, right? They're stuck yeah, in the middle. Stuck, stuck in the middle. And unless they, get, you know, they need yeah. a sniper. They need a great goal scorer. They don't have one. And uh, somebody was telling me, I was talking to an NHL scout. He says, Donato was their best player for a month. And he said that shouldn't happen. Not that no. they don't mm-hmm. like Donato, but you shouldn't be able to get a guy from Boston who's not playing. He's your best player for a month. Obviously, they had some injuries there. The question in the hockey circles is, does Boudreaux get credit for keeping this ship sailing this whole year and floating because it could have easily sank with the injuries and with what he, the hand that he was given? Or is he seen as not the general manager's guy? That's what we'll find out. All right. I think that's a fair assessment. Stuck in the middle is a bad place to be in sports. Let's talk about a team that's stuck below middle. Minnesota Timberwolves. What's going to happen with the coaching situation when the season ends with the Timberwolves? Sid, you go first. There's no doubt in my mind he'll be back. I see Reishi has a story today. I talked to Taylor about that, and uh, they're, they're not going to change. Uh, they're going to work out with the present group on the on the draft. Uh, the present people they worked all two all all year will decide on the draft. One of the um, deals uh, that picks the draft said that the Timberwolves. Are going to take that Culver kid from uh, Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. <laughs> he's a he's a tough player. He didn't have a very good game yesterday, but he's a very good player. Texas Tech is good, boy. <laughs> they sure are. When you think of how far they came in a short time, Mike, are they going to keep Derrick Rose? Uh, a pretty good chance, but I I just don't know. I like Derrick Rose a lot. I just don't know what you, what you're going to. Okay, so you sign him. Now what? Yeah. You, you know, and they say, well, he's got to sit some games. Well, what games? What games is he going to sit? Can he can he give us fifteen minutes this night? Is he going to sit out completely? Um, I, I think Derrick Rose is a terrific player. I just have no idea how you structure a contract and count on him next year. Sit. Bobby Nate developed this guy. Bobby Nate had this guy working for him for eleven oh, years. We're back to the head coaches to Texas Tech. What are we talking about? Texas oh, Tech. Head Texas coach, Tech. Yeah. I thought we were talking about Derrick Rose. We okay, were. I'm back with you. All right, go ahead. Bobby Nate developed this coach for Texas Tech for eleven years. He had him on his staff, and uh, I talked to Bobby Knight during the week, and we'll get Bobby Knight in next week. Talk about Texas Tech. Are they going to be the, this guy? Excuse me for interrupting. Are they going to be your champions, Sid? Do you think Texas Tech can beat Virginia? Huh? Do you think Texas Tech will win it all? I definitely think they'll win it all. I just think they're so big and so tough. They're a very good team. They're the best team in a tournament. All right, we'll know they, next they week. They were one team people mentioned going into the tournament, even though they weren't a number one seed. They said, watch out for Texas Tech. Scary team. I want to thank uh, Jeff Schemmel, Kyle Alamine, Sam Mitchell, ooh, uh, Jim Nance, B.J. Fleck. We'll look again next week. We'll know who the champion is by then. Sports Huddle. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.